welcome to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. We're doing the Beverly Hills Cop franchise, and we are on the last one, Beverly Hills Cop 3, for now, because of the rumors going around that Eddie Murphy will be doing a Beverly Hills Cop 4 in the near future. I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Marcelli. Eddie Murphy aged a lot in like seven years. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) There was no laugh in this movie. No laugh. And the man that made us watch these movies, the man that's just above average, one Keith Swetland. So after this, are we all going to buy a uh, mechanic shop? And can we do a little dance routine inside (laughs) of it? (laughs) That's how we're going to start every show going forward. Um. Well, it's going to be the one that tries to show us up with his weird fucking yep. cartwheel out of nowhere. Yes, sir. Uh, this yeah, movie came. We're all be... we're all... <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. My bit it got zoom interrupted. So uh... you know what? Redo it. You're, you're normally you're normally just redo it all over again to make us angry. So just do the bit all over again. No, Keith, are you going to do a cartwheel? <laughs> okay. Oh, hey, <laughs> we're back to the bit. No, and then I was gonna say we'll all clearly be drama nerds, and then like dress up like tough guy, like mechanics. Yeah, with there no idea what we're doing. Hey, I just love the fact that Zoom tried to cancel you, Keith. Thanks for getting. Me, thanks for letting me get that out there. I'm, uh, you know, I'm. They they're really trying to cancel us out there. Me, there's it's me and Chappelle. We're just out there getting canceled. Keith, are you gonna go see him in Portland? I don't think I don't think so. You know. Yeah. It's a sad story with old Dave Chappelle. He just turned into a Facebook grandpa in the last five years. <laughs> Money corrupts completely. Yeah. Uh, so this movie, Beverly Hills Cop 3, came out on May 25th of 1994, seven years after the Beverly Hills Cop 2 and 10 years after 1. Uh, a new director was involved in this one, one John Landis. You may know him from movies such as uh 1980s blue the blues brothers what uh 1983's trading places with one uh eddie murphy involved 1985 spies like us 1986's three amigos and 1988's coming to america jesus this guy has like some old timers in his list that's ridiculous and then this well uh, i guess none of them were like through and through this movie we tried like he really took a swing at like a through and through action movie and like lift. well, well so that's it's, interesting <laughs> it's not his fault and we'll get to that in a bit oh hell yeah uh this movie once again stars eddie murphy and judge reinhold uh john ashton and uh ronnie cox uh did not return because they were doing other uh other uh roles so they just conflict of interest with their um scheduling uh however we get hector uh elizondo has the new version of taggart <laughs> newer less funny version and yeah. i like the actor like i've liked him in a lot of stuff but yeah this was a this was a stone cold miss <laughs> i yeah i was just like I'm with you, Rick. I'm like, oh, I like this guy. And then, like, I watched this movie, and I'm like, I thought he was better when I first watched it. But no, he's just a lesser version of uh, John Ashton. 
Uh, where is he? Where is the bad guy? Where are you, son of a bee? Uh, the oh, come on, where is he? Uh, the bad guy for this movie. Where is he? He's from the Keith. You know where he's from? No. You don't know where he's from? With the I talking about the Taggart replacement actor? No, no, the bad guy. Oh, the no. Um, he is I'm in gonna, a movie. I'm gonna hate myself when you say it, though. I think uh, it's going to be um, Timothy Carhart. Yeah, he you may know him from Black Sheep. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he's the and he's the violinist in Ghostbusters. The um, <laughs> I hope you feel better. That's a cool role. I wish I was the violinist in Ghostbusters. <laughs> Just hope you feel better. <laughs> Watching Bill Murray steal your girl. <laughs> right in front of you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we don't have the original two. So we have two of the original four. Um, and I have to say. Oh, and the fifth I, is Eddie Murphy's mustache. That's the And Eddie Murphy's character. mustache. And his non-laugh. <laughs> and his boss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His boss shows up, which for uh, <laughs> plot twist you know i like the fact that there's some continuation of oh i was expecting a new boss for like some reason also someone who is uh just his character name is disappointed man and that would be <laughs> one uh george lucas yeah, that was such a weird cameo that was unnecessary <laughs> you know what? that just washed over me i didn't give a shit i guess he was i guess this is that's not too long after jedi i guess so he's he's back in I mean, it was 94. That's pretty long after Jedi. Oh, yeah. It was, it was Jedi 89 or something. Yeah. But then they also, they returned to the Bronx Jedi is 83, bro. Okay. Never mind. Uh, then also the return of Bronson Pinchot as a Surge. Yeah, that was nice. I'm glad the Surge came back. <laughs> Surge. That whole bit with the guns, though, was just, oh, God. I mean, it was like most of the movie, just not. Just missed. Just a big old miss. So before the record here today, I made the mistake of I was looking up some just clips on YouTube trying to refresh myself because this movie was hard to pay attention to, to be honest. <laughs> so like I was watching, but I clicked on the clip of the original, like Sir, when you meet Surge for the first time and yeah. he offers him the coffee with lemon in it. And just like how effortlessly smooth and funny and cool that scene was. Cause like and the the camera wasn't doing much work. It was just like the two characters where it's just like really engaged and the they were killing it and then comparing that to the experience of three when it's so hectic and everything's going so fast and like everything's kind of clumsy so like it was disheartening watching the drop from one to three this morning <laughs> so so what so that's your uh so everybody's up like opinion because i know i've seen this but this was like the first oh, time in like nice. uh, i've seen this a long time ago at my cabin like oh, I, cool. I remember that this would but be a good just, cabin movie. <laughs> it was at the time in like 1994, but in 2022, you'd be like, oh, this just doesn't hit like it did the first time. <laughs> um, and I think everybody's uh, morale is this movie's kind of mid, like what um, the kids was, say these days. <laughs> was this movie kind of darker? Like just like I, in, I, in color. Like I, I want to bring that. I'll bring it up right after Rick uh, gives us the plot breakdown. 
All right, boys and girls, non-binary and everyone in between, please gather around for the mailed-in reading of the plot <laughs> to Beverly Hills Cop 3. Because I'm putting in the same effort as to whoever actually originally wrote this script. Eddie Murphy's doing a bust in Detroit. Things go sideways when some guys from Beverly Hills show up. His boss gets killed. This, of course, puts Axel Foley right back on course for Disneyland, I mean Wonder World, in Beverly Hills, where he must track down the man who killed his boss, deal with a love interest, not give us a fucking strip club scene. And that's Beverly Hills Cop 3. Beverly Hills Cop 3 went down like lemon in my coffee. (laughs) (laughs) It just like... It was bizarre in that I thought the actors did the best they could with what they were given. But like, I mean, there's only so much you can shape up shit for (laughs) it to still not be shit. And that script was just atrocious. Uh, So, yeah. So this for this movie itself, we have, you know, we have the difference this time of, as Rick puts it, the female character being the love interest instead of just helping and this movie, we get the love interest that helps, but also is going to bang him at the end of the movie. <laughs> it really bothered me that she was a love interest. Like, it really bothered me. It really brought her down as, like, a side character in the Beverly Hills Cop, like, yeah. universe. And, and it one- was just like, I want to fuck. I want to ride Eddie Murphy's mustache. So one of the things, you know, uh, uh, with Rick's, uh, <laughs> the uh, phone-in breakdown because of the phone-in plot they give us so the bad guy in the movie timothy carhart is a former cop who's head of security at wonderland wonder world whatever the hell it's called and basically he's always like 10 steps ahead of axel foley so for like the first time in this franchise the bad guy has the upper hand on foley um so in a 2005 interview the director john landis claimed that eddie murphy worked against the comedy of the film by deliberately not being funny. Landis' new script wasn't very good. He figured that Murphy could save it with his comedic routine. However, Murphy felt that the actual Foley character was an adult now and played him more seriously, deliberately sidestepping around the comedy. Landis says that the film was a very strange experience in an odd movie. Huh. That's, that'd create some friction. That seems like both their fault though like i don't know if if, if if eddie murphy like just that the way he explains it, it sounds like he was being kind of immature and stubborn and then it sounds like the director was being lazy that's my kind of take on that <laughs> so it sounds like both their faults because to me it seems like they tried to put comedy in the movie but it was all super forced and just like i'm actually like i almost thought this was going to be bad enough for keith to enjoy because of how like cringe most of the comedy was and that seems to always <laughs> really tickle keith's uh, butthole but yes I, like because there are moments in this movie where i think eddie murphy spiked the camera for some of the jokes and i was like what are we doing because <laughs> uh murphy in an interview in 94 said that he wanted to, to be a more mature cop actor in this movie because he wanted to be taken serious like a straight actor like uh Wesley Snipes or Denzel Washington at the time. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that's that was fine, a struggle for him. Do that yeah. in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, like, like a, a sequel to like a couple of the funniest movies, like in his career. 
<laughs> so like just and, to, like and and also this movie was not a like production of the uh Schum- uh Bruckheimer, Jerry Bruckheimer. So he uh you can totally tell too like this is not a uh Bruckheimer production movie because of like in the original first two we get like the montage to start the show movie and this one like we're cutting straight to the movie i i, I honestly I, I don't remember if there was even like the beverly hills cop three title in the movie to start <laughs> the movie God, i can't remember i've already like i literally just watched this movie before we were recording and i've already blocked most of it out <laughs> yeah the there was no like that was my first like text out to the world was boy the serena bruckheimer production because there's in the last couple of movies there's always like a really cool like chase set piece kind of a cool se- there's a cool sequence where there's like big shots like big the last two felt big yeah this one just it was uh, attempted to be bigger but it was ultimately smaller it kind of. felt so cheap like yeah they tried very early green screen in this movie that looked atrocious <laughs> with like they- the wonderland like backdrop yeah uh, Bronson uh, says that in an interview in 09 that around around that time Eddie Murphy was uh, feeling depressed so that and there was no his uh, level enjoyment was a super low and low energy so, I mean that sounds a lot like a director trying to point blame not at himself for making a bad movie yeah I mean yeah he's the he's the leader in that situation like it's your job as the leader there to like manage that mm-hmm. and i mean the movie itself just didn't look good like to me like mm-hmm. the movie itself looked like a 90s tv show than like an actual like movie production like it felt like something i would have seen on tbs as like a yeah. afternoon movie than like <laughs> an actual full production piece a tnt drama <laughs> it felt like to me it felt like it was going to be an idea of um, like a TV show that went like five episodes and they decided to like cut and paste all five episodes into a movie. God, I remember they used to do that shit back in the day. Yeah. They'd call something a movie, but it was just a TV show that they re-edited <laughs> into a movie length. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, the plot of the, this film was going to be would have concerned Foley, Rosewood, and Taggart going to London to rescue... Uh, Captain Bogomil, Ronnie Cox, who was being held by held uh, as a hostage by terrorists during an international police convention. However, just uh, numerous problems such as scripting issues and budget caused pre-production to drag out to the point where Ashton and Cox had to drop out due to other films. That kind of sounds sick. <laughs> I also think like not having them really hurt the movie. It really did. Because, like, you'd built this whole team idea and, like, Rosewood by himself with Foley didn't work. Like, you needed the straight man. Yes. Yes. And without it, like, it just felt so empty. It felt like a big drop from one, two to three. So, like, example for me, like, I was, I was, I told the producer this and I was just telling, I didn't want to tell Keith, but I was like, to me, three makes two on the level of one. Like how <laughs> like the movie is, you know, like the likable movie. Three made two looks like one two and one are on the same level because of just how 
similar they are. And we discussed that on the, la- on the last show about Beverly Hills Cop 2. But with this one, it's, you know, it's that mindset of, you know, Hangover 1, Hangover 2, same movie, Hangover 3, different entirety movie to break away from yeah. the first two. This is what that felt like. <laughs> and you still did 3. the same, <laughs> but you did the same yeah. script in a way. And yeah. uh, Judge Reinhold's character, Rosewood, had a tremendous drop. Like he was my MVP in the in, in the <laughs> last movie, and I honestly did not like him in this movie because he they made him dumb. Dude, the a part of my thing with two was it, which seems silly now because I totally agree with you. Like you're saying that two, this makes two seem pretty excellent. Part right. of my critique was two was that it felt boring, mm-hmm. and then this movie was the most. It's up there. I think this one of the most boring of. The, movies that we've watched for the show <laughs> like, it was just well, you so texted du- you texted me that you hit your phone like two minutes in oh man it was hard it was hard to like keep look i'd like pause it a few times and get up and come back and like it was I had Dude, no there's interest. like a subplot with like the guy who's like the creator of wonder wonderland uncle still, dave or something i still totally don't understand what the subplot was for that because like i was so <laughs> checked out yeah, I'm like, I mean, he's there, like he wants him to investigate because he thinks something's wrong in his park. I guess the sub the subplot <laughs> is that Uncle Dave, uh, partner who helped build Wonder World Land, uh, went missing, and all he he left the sign saying, "This is life and death," and like that's it. But it's just because of there was counterfeit billing in the security the security team at the Wonder World uh, is doing counterfeit money with their printers there and then the co the partner found it and then he got i think i mean uh, assume dead because you don't see him <laughs> he, they just say he went missing so and here's something like a huge plot hole to this entire movie is that these people have no problem killing anyone and everyone including cops so why didn't they just kill foley like right away <laughs> in detroit like especially when like the main boss guy stops him like maybe i guess his subordinates don't know about him being bad so he like he can't just kill fully in open daylight i guess but like why don't you just like you kill tons of people yet you just don't kill full and the stormtrooper firing from the bad guys in this oh yeah was just so cringe (laughs) Although what you're explaining there and that kind of silly plot hole created an opportunity for like the one moment that I thought was kind of a fun action movie thing where the bad guy just stares fully in the face and admits that, yeah, I killed him like out in front of everybody while they're trying to arrest him. Like I thought that was kind of, I thought that was kind of cool for a bit. That was good. It gave him bad guy points for me. Yeah. Like like, like, he's he's arrogant. Yeah. He's like, he's that powerful. He's like, yeah, I killed him, but I'm going to get away with it right now in front of you. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like because we have you know the first gun out scene, then the uh, his boss, the sergeant, gets murdered, and then we find out that there was an FBI who is you know, it's a uh, secret bit, service, secret they're the service. ones who deal with money, which is what uh, should have made it obvious. So, well, I guess he never said he was secret service, but it's one of the unknown things that the secret service deals with counterfeiting <laughs> and goddamn counterfeit money was such a 90s thing like that's <laughs> that also contributed to the boringness i feel like like that was left in the action movies of the 90s there was always fake money in those movies <laughs> so like to me what they try to do with this movie is 
they played it off of who's helping with the bad guy, the um, like who's who's aligning them with them because of the fact it's like you had the new Taggart and it like at points it's like I don't know if you guys agree, but at that point to me there was sometimes it just like is he working with the bad guys or is he <laughs> not? Because he's friends with the um main bad guy, uh t- the Timothy Carthart character. And it's just like at points it just seemed like hmm, maybe he's working with them. And then also the Secret Service guys be like are you working with him too? <laughs> I'm not working with him. It's like, then at the end, he, you know, he really is, or, you know, it's just like, what is happening? You know, it, you know, they wanted to make this comedy type movie more of a action, you know, who's working with who type movie. Yeah. But that stuff didn't work well for me. I mean, also I was like, I've complained about it. I was having trouble paying attention to it, but like, one and two were incredibly simple, and I felt this movie had like too many like fucking twists and turns in it to like it distracted you from the enjoyment. Like you're supposed to Beverly Hills Cop one and two are sort of character based kind of like you really appreciate Taggart and you really appreciate Judge Reinhold and Axel Foley. Like the 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 way those three interact, that's that's the movie. So like when this they tried to have this all like intrigue of and then backstabbing and like mystery and shit that was distracting and i'm gonna say it i miss paul riser paul riser was such a good sub character and he was just <laughs> not in the movie <laughs> like i mean this movie felt like it was like well we already committed so much money to like this franchise or something we have to get a third one out to keep it going or something <clears throat> like yeah. it felt like just it felt like a money grab like nothing about this felt genuine there was no heart to the movie like weird subplots that weren't a part of the first two were in there for no reason. By the way, how did uh, <clears throat> Judge Reinhold get out of that room that was like filling up? He with broke the it. He uh, for the the room that they said that he can't escape from the inside, only from the out, and he like throws a chair at it like five times and it breaks. <laughs> like <laughs> okay. I was just like, why didn't you just do that in the first place? Why did we just spend twenty to thirty minutes, uh, dude? There's just so many things where they're like, we can only do it this way. And then they just did it another way. And I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Another thing kind of along those lines was at the start of the movie where some of them, like the, I guess it's sort of a cop movie problem and a cop in real life problem maybe. But I feel like a lot of the trouble could have been avoided if they just like didn't barge in. <laughs> they could have just waited a minute. And like, yeah. hey, let's talk about this. Maybe like our, our boss won't get shot. <laughs> or the whole idea of like, ah, we're not going to call SWAT to help with this situation. <laughs> right. They'll make things worse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, an- another rejected idea for Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh, 3 it, uh, included a screenplay of uh, uh, one in which Alex Foley ha- uh, Al- Axel Foley has to deal with a celebrity cop status. With a scenario of him teaming up with one Sir Sean Connery as a Scotland Yard detective and another Axel Foley in London uh, idea where his Scotland Yard counterpart would have been play uh, that the last story would involve uh, British gangsters based on real life uh, guys and then would be captured in Detroit and transported to London. And it's just another, you know. Them. See, all of this sounds way better than what we got. Dude, Sean Connery and Eddie Murphy would have that'd be some fun chemistry there. 
but they <laughs> accorded a the, train wreck in the best way yeah but the producers of the movie decided it was too close to the storyline of black rain the the michael douglas movie when two cops <laughs> have to go to japan and kill the yakuza I mean, who the fuck? Cares? Who's gonna remember a Michael Douglas movie? But also, what's wrong with that plot line? It's a great plot. Nothing. Line. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Also, since when do we care about movies being made that are too similar? When like we get two movies that are exactly the same that come out all the time? Yeah. Um, I I do like the idea of them trying to keep the original cast by just showing the uh fisherman fishing photo, just like oh look they're still here and they're still in the realm. Of the movie, but they're not here because what Taggart's moved to Phoenix. He's retired now, <laughs> losing his balls in the wood of Phoenix. No, isn't no, it, isn't Cox the no, detective? Taggart, reti- Taggart retired to Phoenix. Nice. Okay, then Cox That's is what in the asked. woods, wilderness, or something, right? Like that was the idea. Like they're like they he both was like, have Where's the Taggart? reasoning. Yeah. And he was like, oh, Taggart's in Phoenix losing his balls out in the woods yeah. from golfing. I'm like, he lives in Phoenix. There's no goddamn woods. <laughs> and that's one thing. Like, And that's the thing. Like, I love Judge Reinhold in the first two. Like, Billy, we got to talk. Billy, we got to talk. And in this one, they give him this role. Like, he runs a secret service type thing that, you know, he controls what's between the green lines of, like, Beverly Hills to San Diego and you know, all the other surrounding areas. And I feel like they just had to do that so they can have him keep rising up in the, you know, the ranks. Cause in the first movie, it seems that he's just a, a rookie. And then the second one, he's more of the loose cannon now because of it. And so this one, they're like, uh, well, we don't have the counterpart. How can we make Brian hold important, important? I got it. Let's just give him this like Sergeant, position with that has you know some weird ass process of you know <laughs> cop strategy and then you, you know we see that in that one scene of they find the money the van that was stolen the first scene on the beach at in like santa clara or something and then you know he calls 900 organization you know cops and firefighters to open the door to be like oh it's empty uh, I guess his power, he, his reign of power is out of control. Jesus. God, it's even like boring to think about the story. <laughs> this is rough. That, that scene when they like, he's going over the different lines. It was like, it was just, it was really quick. And it was just like, okay, well he's promoted. He's different now. Yeah. Let's, let's move along. And I hated that. And I hated that. <laughs> I liked the fact that he was like that loose cannon. You know, they try to make the reference of him having a tree, a plant in his office. But then they go straight to, oh, you have a refrigerator in here? Yeah, right. Yeah, they he like the 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 crazy plant guy thing was hilarious and too looking back at it. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop Three has us looking back at two going, that's a lot better movie, you know, better yeah, movie like than the, we thought it was. It's like <laughs> Scream for me and Rick. It's just like <laughs> I know it's the far different, but it's just that same yeah. scenario of like it's a lot better now after <laughs> watching this other one. It's like the cheating guy meme with the yeah. he's looking back at the other girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's Bear the Hill Cop 2 going away. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, I'm stuck with three over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, oh, also, I keep trying to come up with positives for it. I'm struggling, but I just one more complaint is the, the music was dull in this. It didn't, the music well, wasn't the, hitting. 
with Axel F, they had to like techno it 10 different times. Yeah, I did. Oh, actually, that was one good thing. I appreciated the circus style of Axel F. That was kind of fun. They did like they, they kind of played it when he was walking through the park and the, like, the kooky horns and shit playing it. That was kind of that was kind of good. But no, there was no like in, in one and two, there was scenes that stuck out like with good music happening and this never, never even approached that. Like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't care about the soundtrack. Like there was nothing in, in Beverly Hills Cop 1, the scene when he was walking out across the street to go stick the bananas in the tailpipe and they played the, the theme. Like that was so perfect and beautiful. And then look where we've come. Yeah, right now the silence is just me doing the Eddie Murphy laugh since he didn't <laughs> laugh at all. He just did like dry heaves of a laugh. Didn't they like hint at it at the end a little bit. Yeah, he laughed a little bit at the very end. Yeah. But like the eh, 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 nothing. Yeah. No, and nothing. yeah, the, it's it's because oh guys, I've I've a confession. That was me that was designing. I was the laugh technician <laughs> in three. You called it in. You're <laughs> so like, hey, you guys, can't, I can't do, do, it, do it. So you got rid of it. Yeah. So I was the. Yeah, it was me. God damn it. I was on set sitting in one of those chairs and it said it says like laugh guy on the back of it <laughs> instead of director. Uh one fun fact is Alan Young is the guy that played actor that played Uncle Dave. Uh he was the voice of Scrooge McDuck. Oh, that's cool. Nice. But like like I said in the game of the show, but like this is one of those movies like in the Beverly Hills franchise that like Axel Foley wasn't as wise crackings as he should be. And like, there was like this, there, like there was the scene of like, when they tell him that he needs to show up to the amusement park alone at, you know, eight o'clock or the, per, the love interest gets killed. And like, he pulls up and there's like five security guards in my mind. Like there's a scene right there that you can have him make a wise cracking joke of like, you know, a couple stiffs here or something, you know, like something like that. Yeah. But like, an Eddie Murphy joke would have been fit perfect in that one scene of like, but no, he doesn't. Well, and it's funny. You mentioned that Eddie Murphy was concerned about making this a more serious role compared to the one and two. Cause I feel like one and two, he wasn't like a goofball, like, Oh, ah, shucks. Look at me. Comedy guy. He was, he came off to me as like extremely cool and confident and like mm-hmm. the ways that he solved problems were very funny, but he was very, he himself was always very competent and like, cool like i think cool is the word and he's he doesn't come off like that in three to me he's like just kind of there like in in one and two he has a whole he has a whole energy about him where he's like he's he's confident he's always he's willing to walk up to a hotel and say that he's writing an article about michael jackson like there's there was nothing like that in this like in the first two he he uh talks his way into a hotel and then kidnap, you know, he steals a house. This one, he just rents a holiday inn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's none of that. He didn't even talk himself into the park. He bought a ticket to get in. Oh, I know, right? That he, yeah, he failed at that. He could, <laughs> that was that right there was an opportunity for him. Yeah, he he didn't do his. I'm a security manager from such and such. I'm here to talk to blah blah blah. You know. Because like there, right there, that scene there of him not being able to talk his way into the thing is the idea of the new Taggart maybe not being who he says he is because of the fact that he, you know, hey, I got a guy down at uh, 
wonder world that you can talk to the director of uh you know security and he's like hey i'm here john flint has an interview with me uh set me up an interview with mr uh, ells uh you know the director is he here oh uh, i don't see your you know i don't see yeah. a name here <laughs> so like there's like your start one number one there like is he really a you know like he's like i have a the uh john flint character is like i have a family i have a pension i got stuff to live for i have stuff to retire to so don't fuck this up but like there was such little interaction between them and like they were supposed to be connected like from the start and it didn't make any sense like him like busting his balls for getting them out of jail and stuff i'm like where is this camaraderie coming from like <laughs> you guys have no connection yet are or like forcing this weird like friendship it was very bizarre to me like i said before this is like taggart light because of the fact like since he wasn't there they're like how can we make it seem like he is there we're just filling a you know a known actor that we're just replacing me but we're slightly tweaking a little bit that they're not fully friends but they're getting there it's like, yeah, well, honestly, the one thing I liked was the very end of when, with the shootout with uh, LSD Wald and uh, Axel and like uh, Hector's character Flint shows up and like he gets shot through the arm and they just sit there and like, how's it going? I've had better days. And then like, then Billy shows up like shot in the gut and he's just covered in blood and he's like i'm doing good guys and then he passes out and then like you know eddie pokes his gun his shot he's like does this hurt it's like don't that was a good moment yeah and that's like honestly like the one scene i like and the bazooka big gun (laughs) oh with the music yeah that was the one time they used music well (laughs) i was like what kind of hell gun is that that's weird (laughs) with surge surge is now he left the art world to become a uh weapons (laughs) weapons <laughs> maker but he wants the uh, weapons to look sexy i appreciated the callback when he was like why aren't you doing art anymore and he went on to that whole explanation like you shot the guy who ran the place that's why oh, yeah. i don't do art anymore oh yeah i did that huh and when he introduces billy i honestly forgot they had like that one scene together he's like do you remember i offered you a lot a cappuccino yeah. with a lemon in it and he's like <laughs> Oh yeah, you do. You know, <laughs> growing up, I'll be honest. I loved the like the multi-use giant ass gun that they used, and I was just so like, um, disappointed as a kid that they only used it for like one scene. Yeah, and then it's just like he just goes back to normal pistols. So, have you did you watch this movie like more than a couple times? Joe, when when you were younger, like, uh, you, like, how how familiar? Like, do you remember parts? Like, I you... remember parts. I do remember. Like, I think I I think I watched it like two or three times, and yeah. I I can't. But like being you know seven or eight, so yeah. it's just like not knowing the plot. I understood. Like, I remember the theme park. Like, I remember all mm-hmm. that the battle of the theme park. I remember the giant gun when then and now wanting it to be used more than yeah and i i liked i liked surge then and i like him now <laughs> um i don't like the whole idea of it being in a theme park in la 
and it's clearly Disneyland, but like we can't call it Disneyland, just bothered the fuck out of me. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Are, why? Like, if you can't use it, like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? Like, maybe they should have been like, because I I kind of like the theme park setting, but maybe they should have used it less, like less like less minutes on screen of the theme park. <laughs> And like the bit with like the kids coming up to him in the suit and stuff, like just was a huge miss. Like it just seemed weird. And like there's so many attempts at jokes that just were not funny in this movie. Yeah. This what's our uh it, it scores low on the, the old uh, fake movie experts type 90 rating for me. Definitely. Uh it ran an hour 45. Yeah, it was literally right, short. It, <laughs> our yeah, definition this, of a tight ninety is just that a movie oh, that's enjoyable beginning to end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, the the theme park was actually a California's Great America. Oh. And that went out of business in 07. <laughs> in Santa Clara, uh, California. So it was a real theme park. I I thought the same fact. I'm like, oh, it's just a Disneyland, and they cover up some people here and there. Because it's the movie business, like no, it's just a lesser yeah. known uh, theme park in Santa Clara. Um, but yeah, this whole whole movie as a whole is just like it was a big letdown in my you know for everybody's, but I know for my eyes alone, just like I kind of wish that Taggart and uh, is that weird thing? Like, who would have thought that you need uh, Taggart and the uh, lieutenant to be uh in the movie to make it seem more real as a Beverly Hills Cop movie instead of uh, you know Axel doing his own and Rosewood being there being that the new detective of blah 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 SFFMD kinks you know well I admit like Taggart was my MVP for two so it was like it was extra heartbreaking for me Rosewood was mine for two yeah Yeah, as it was pretty disappointing all the way around. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it like full on like makes me realize why the Beverly Hills Cop franchise went away and has me very like about a fourth one. Yeah. It's it's that fun stuff of you want, you know, we're watching these old movies and then all of a sudden like, oh hey, they're doing a sequel or doing a reboot. You know, we did that with Scream. Uh, we know there's another predator coming out that we've done. Um, you know, the Ghostbuster franchise had a new one, maybe another one down the line. Who knows? Um, Beverly Hills Cop to me, this leaves a bad taste. Like, to be it's like that weird thing of watching the original like predators, and you know how bad they get from like one down to five, but you still want to watch the new one coming out when it comes out. <laughs> Yeah, I've got no urge to watch the new ones. Right, <laughs> like this movie has like a bad taste to be like, I, like we'll watch it, but we don't. <laughs> like, it won't be like a let's plan a weekend, like first weekend to see yeah. it. Like, oh, give it a couple weeks. Well, and- I think it's because like the premise behind things like uh, Predator are so like their own thing that you don't see a bunch. But there's a bunch of different varieties of the action comedy setup that have been better than this at this point. I yes. mean. The tried and true bad boys, too. Like, what am I gonna watch? Bad boys or Beverly Hills Cop? (laughs) 
Well, it, and you know this movie's like it ain't gonna they they're not gonna throw much at it. It's gonna go straight to Paramount Plus or fucking Peacock. And this <laughs> it's is gonna look like movies, shit. <laughs> and this is one of those movies I'm okay with um <laughs> watching it from home and so going to the bot movie theater watch it. Yeah, like, I'm we went gonna... saw <laughs> we saw Scream in the theater. I'm yeah. not if 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 this movie has the availability to just stream it the opening weekend, that's what I'll be doing. Yeah, I'm not going to risk COVID for Beverly Hills Cop 4. <laughs> but everything else you will, right? Yeah, most most other things. <laughs> I still want to go see Moonfall. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, on uh, Dave Letterman in, 20, in, 19, in 2011, uh, uh, Eddie Mer- uh, Dave reads some movies that Eddie's done, and when they mention uh, Beverly Hills Cop, he just goes, no, no, no. It wasn't a very good Beverly Hills Cop movie. Oh, no. <laughs> so even Eddie Murphy himself is like, nah, we good on this movie. That's funny. But yeah, it's just those things for this movie of the idea of, I think what hurts this movie is the fact that we've, like what Rick just said, we've seen so many action co- movies that involve with some co- comedic actors or comedy acting action movies like a Bad Boys 2. And I just think maybe the ego, the ego of Eddie Murphy got to him with the fact of, I want to be like you know, what I said. He wanted to be like Denzel and uh, Rusty Snipes because they were action stars. But Eddie Murphy's a comedian and he hit gold with the comedian comedy action type movies. But, you know, this movie alone, she was like, Hey, I'm going to try to be the straight lace. You know, I'm a, 10 year vet now so i'm gonna just be that guy now for this role and it's just like it doesn't work it's interesting because after beverly hills cop 3 he does vampire in brooklyn which i don't is that a comedy what is vampire um vampire vampire i want to say it tries to be but it's like beverly hills cop 3 of it's, it's comedy serious, fantasy horror but it's more serious than it's i tried to watch it I'll bet it's better than Beverly Hills Cop 3. Because <laughs> back in, like I said before, I was a huge, I'm a huge Eddie Murphy fan. And it's just the idea, I think it's more serious than it is um, comedy. Because that's the only movie he makes between Beverly Hills Cop 3 and Nutty Professor where he goes full back into the comedy role. Mm-hmm. Maybe I guess I should just watch the trailer again and see. Because I remember being like, I wanted to watch it and I just don't think it was uh, funny. Like and then it was something called Metro. It, Ooh, I it, like Keith. Keith brought it. Metro is <laughs> yeah. like is is Metro like Beverly Hills Cop, but it's more. Metro is very not funny. <laughs> so there you go. So this is more straight lace. Uh, yeah. Eddie Murphy as a negotiator. Oh, it has Michael Rapaport in it? Interesting. That dude's fucking insane nowadays. But then he then Eddie Murphy makes his change from to Family Man with the Doctor Doolittle and. Mm-hmm. Shrek and Mulan. He's got quite a career. Yeah, he does. And, you know, it's just that, you know, this movie hurts him, you know, in that way. But, you know, at least we got this movie out of the way, right, guys? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's done. It's done. This was it's... definitely one of my least enjoyable movies we've done. Yeah, this was miserable. This and this and Legally Blonde two are up there. Yeah, I'm just like. <laughs> Keith, so with that being said, Keith, 
<laughs> what would you rather watch though? Blonde 2 or this? If like Prob- you had a- probably this, although Keith rated fucking yeah. legally blonde 2 a whole fucking full star. Oh wow. Wow. I think I would rather watch Legally I'd Blonde. I watch this. Legally Blonde 2 would be easier to ignore and still have fun with like the background. I think Legally Blonde 2 would be a better background movie. I think the answer we can all agree on is that the movie we want to watch less than everything is Ghostbusters Answer the Call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can use more of a. I wish there was a, a star rating on. Uh, Melissa McCarthy's improv. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, this is just. Uh, where is it? Um, after development yeah, ideas, uh, temp, uh, production was temporarily shut down because Paramount's top brass, um, uh, the brass to change a uh, chance to get the grips on the film spiraling budget. Um, I'll t- uh, I will tell you in a bit what that went to. Um, oh, I'll bet it's like, a, I'll, I'll bet the budget's astounding. For this. <laughs> I would just say that the, uh, so Eddie Murphy's budget went from 4 million from the first one to 8 million to in the sequel. And then to this one, uh, it went up to fifteen million dollars. Thanks. But yes, after this, uh, there was an idea for uh, Rush Hour's director Brett Ratner to be uh, the director of the movie, and it was going to put the movie back in the rated R ratings because there's rumors that they were going to water it down for uh, PG thirteen, and the idea was fully to return back to Beverly Hills Cop. Because Billy Rose would would have got uh, murdered, <laughs> um, but then they wanted to do the TV show after it. But and then all the other actors were going to return. This was in oh nine. Oh nine, God yes. damn! So like since two thousand six, the idea of another uh, Beverly Hills Cop was going to happen and then in 2013 cbs passed on the idea of the tv show and it was going to be axel foley and brett radner to direct the show but that just didn't happen and then when they're going to do the show is going to be um axel foley and son but it never happened (laughs) so it's that weird chaos of if, if this movie succeeded, who if this movie succeeded, who knows if we would have got another one or the all the show and all the other stuff would have happened. You know, maybe I'll uh maybe I'll be optimistic. This movie has had uh 20 plus years to sit and chill and marinate for a little bit. Maybe they'll have some some fresh ideas. <laughs> I mean, that's asking a lot of I mean, granted, I have not seen Coming to America too, but it's not as if Eddie Murphy's been hitting it out of the park for the last decade. Yeah. I've heard Coming to America 2 is a hit or miss type movie, mm-hmm. I think. I haven't heard really much. You know, you can look at all, if you go look at old interviews, you know, it's the um, 
host kissing ass like oh you're you're great this movie's hilarious and then you go to like the ratings and just like it's meh or (laughs) it did okay for being what it was yeah um so uh i think uh, rick those are anything you liked any scene from this movie because i know me and keith talked about the ending of the bullet scenes not really there's nothing about this movie that jumped out where i was like that was funny like it's just The movie just kind of existed and I sat in a room and watched it for an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> but there was, there was no real enjoyment going on. I had fun looking up the cast and realizing the lady who was in it was good, but like eh. Yeah, I, I split this movie into two watchings because I just I watched like whatever 45 minutes one night, 45 minutes the next night, and that's not a fun way to take in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta you, stop watching movies that way. You, you really gotta do this one like a band aid. <laughs> Damn, Keith. I mean, yeah, I at rip one it point off. I did was like an hour in and was like, God, this movie's got to be just about over. And I checked the time scroll, yeah. and I'm like, I have a half an hour left, and I almost started to openly weep. No, they got to do the bit where they see the watermark on the piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Shot. We have- we have to do the thing of, you know, Axel still being smarter than everybody else in the room. And it's just like, what do we do this time? Uh, give me a $50 bill and sand and boom, look at that. The fake money that they're doing. I chuckled when he uh, somehow Axel fully knew how to change the cover, uh, uh, computer uh, printouts of the fake money into a photo of him. I don't know how he put a photo of himself up on the computer, but he did anyway just such early no idea what computers can actually do type of humor yeah it was a great photo of him somehow i don't know how he got it on there but he did it uh so um where is it i had the budget right here uh so the where did it go so according to some people the budget is 50 million dollars what <laughs> yeah damn but when the when uh, production was temporarily shut down due to paramount top brass take a chance to grip the film spiring budget originally it was 55 million but it soon uh it was soon in excess of 70 million dollars holy shit of damn. that was the 15 million and for murphy's paycheck so 65 million uh yeah, fifty-five million for that movie, <laughs> for this movie. Wow. Yeah, this it doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the box office, um, it didn't. I'll just say this: it didn't do international. <laughs> they just like didn't count it or something. Yeah, he, he, for so I'll, yeah, so for this, it I don't have international uh, for it. Mm-hmm. And like for when we did the box office, I don't even have okay. Um, according to the, the wiki, the t- box office overall was 119 million, and 42 of it, according to my the box office mojo website that I go to, 42 million domestically. So it did better internationally than it did here. That's actually yes. kind of surprising, but also over half less than what the second one did. Yeah. Wow. 
So it's also seven years between two and three. That's a long time for that, that style of movie. Mm-hmm. God damn. Uh, Keith, do you have any reviews? Yeah, I've got a fun one this time since um, before the pod record here, I was getting thoroughly roasted for not hunting down the Roger Ebert review. I'm convinced it, it doesn't is. exist, but I have a more fun replacement, I think. So I found a little website called commonsensemedia.org. It's sort of like a mad, it's sort of an angry, like drunks against mad mothers kind of vibe I'm getting, or <laughs> mothers against drunk drivers <laughs> vibe I'm getting from it, where they rate how dirty the movie was. So a couple, uh, first of all, overall, this website, Common Sense Media, gave it two out of five stars. I'm not sure if that's two out of five on offensiveness or two out of five on quality, but I'll get to that. But a couple fun ratings they give it that I'll go over. So this website, it ranks like how offensive the movie is, I suppose. And a couple of the ratings it gives. So one of them, positive role models, it gave one out of five. There was not very positive role models in this. Violence was four out of five, very violent. One out of five on sex. Four out of five on language, one out of five on consumerism, and one out of five on drinking drugs and smoking. So there wasn't a lot of partying in this movie. Yeah, there's no strip club scene, which would have had drinking drugs and smoking. And then it has a section on, is it any good? So it goes over this, like, all how, how offensive is the movie kind of thing. And then it gets to this thing where it says how good the movie is, where it basically says, uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3 sports a slicker look a veteran director of edgy comedy blockbusters, John Landis, and big budget special effects. Unfortunately, it sports also sports a duller Eddie Murphy without his rapid fire, razor sharp edge, the upgrades to the franchise aren't enough to overcome the weak story, predictable action, and weak supporting cast. So this uh, watch sort of watchdog website for violence in movies didn't like it either. It's such a like brutal review. It's like your movie wasn't that sexy or cool, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah, there was no boobs. <laughs> like there could have been a possibility that this movie could have been PG thirteen, and you would have known it wasn't PG thirteen. Yeah, there was it less was, people getting shot. <laughs> it was only only R because it actually had blood packets this time. Yeah, yeah, Keith's favorite. That's right. Um, so for the box office for May 27th to the 30th of 1994, Memorial Day weekend, this website oh, doesn't this week this the website doesn't have the weeks it's in. So like I have like one through um 10, but I just don't have the like the previous weeks that the other movies were in. But uh coming in at number one, uh number 10. What with eight hundred thousand was three ninjas kick back. Hell yeah, nice. <laughs> Number nine with eight hundred seventy-three thousand was Little Buddha. That Little sounds Island. familiar. Is that the can't? Uh, some is it Jodie Foster movie? I don't know. Little Buddha, yeah, Keanu Reeves. Is that the Keanu Reeves one with the the Bridget kid and the panda? Fonda. Wait, I think I might have watched that in class. We, we did watch it in class. A Buddhist monk, Lama Norbu, believes that yep. a 10-year-old American boy is the reincarnation of his spiritual teacher. Yep, checks out. Uh, coming in at number eight with 1.1 is With Keanu Honor. Reeves played Buddha? Sick. Yeah. yeah. Number eight was With Honors. It looks like it's a 
graduate kids and you know high school and stuff uh college <laughs> uh coming in at number seven it, with 1.8 is crooklyn a spike lee movie crooklyn, uh, crooklyn. number six with 2.7 million was four weddings and a funeral big uh, movie number five is the crow with 6.5 oh, million uh number uh four is with 6.9 million <laughs> nice uh, when a man loves a woman. When a man loves a woman. <laughs> I wonder how many times mm. they played that in that uh, mm. movie. Beautiful. Uh, Oddly enough, never did. Coming in, I so these there was a couple movies that they have their uh, you know weeks in. Uh, coming in at number three in its first week with fifteen point two million. Beverly Hills Cop three. Wow. Uh, coming in number two with eighteen million, Maverick, Mel Gibson. Oh, that, that movie rules. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good comedy action movie. Yeah, you know, Mel Gibson's batshit crazy these days. Uh, coming in number one in its first week with thirty-seven million, The Flintstones. John <laughs> Goodman Flintstones. and Rick Moranis. The Flintstones. Yep. <laughs> God, that first movie slaps. It's a living. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ratings we go to IMDb. Uh, IMDb gives it a 5.6 out of 10. Uh, Ron Tomato, uh, I uh, all critics give it a nine. Yeah, that's that's a little little more accurate. (laughs) Top critics give it a 10. Audience gives it a 35. (laughs) So, before we glaze some stars, let's rate uh, rank some stuff. We have a Best shootout, best villain, fashion, laugh, uh, oh, our no. MVP, and our uh, uh, favorite movie. Right? Favorite movie? I will it? fucking stab you in your eye sockets. Hold on, Rick. I, I got the, I'll go warm up some milk in the kitchen. Okay. I got <laughs> the blanket ready to cuddle on there. So we have best shootout. Let's start with that one. For this one, we have the beginning and then the at the end when. Um around the the wonder world who are we kidding? it's the, it's at the bottom it is Every, the worst shootout okay okay <laughs> uh, what about best villain we have uh what's his name vanderwald or something like uh, as lsd wald as bad i think as he's better villain, than two really i would say he's worse than two like just everything about this movie sucked I think he did. He, he did better in two because what Keith said earlier. He actually said to uh, Axel Foley, "Like I killed your bitch ass friend or stuff." You know, like he yeah. he called his shot. While in two, the guy just sat at a chair, going, "Hopefully they can crack my code, but they <laughs> won't." Oh, so I'll Keith, go. Yeah, I'll be. I'll have this one over too for bad guy. It's got to get something. Uh, don't worry. I don't think that's about. I think that's about it for this one. <laughs> Uh, we have best fashion. Uh, there is no fashion in this. No movie. fashion. This is the least sexy we don't, movie. We don't even get like the montage of him driving down, uh, you know, Hollywood Boulevard or anything, looking at girl. Yeah, like you know. I think the ladies. only real reference to Beverly Hills in this entire movie was pulling up to the Beverly Hills cop station and the gag with like trying to get yeah. in. Like that's Bonjour. the only Beverly yeah. Hills gag. Yeah. Was it in Beverly Hills? Because wasn't he like... Yeah, it was the Beverly okay. Hills Police Department. 
Okay, because I was like... It was trying to say how fancy it was. Because, like, every time the movie came out, it was something different. Like, I mean, every other movie, uh, all the other two movies, like, it's like the um, structure of the uh, build, you know, uh, where the department was, there was a different building every time. Uh, best laugh. What laughing in this movie? Because he never laughs till the end. Huh? Very sad. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I did a bad job on it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, where to go, Keith? So I for was uh, eight years old, <laughs> just running so, shit. So for uh, MVP, I know it'd be pretty hard. I picked Surge. I thought he was fantastic for what he was, and not much to choose from in the uh, MVP departments. I picked Surge, and he brought out I- the lemon again. <laughs> Mine was Janice, Miss Therese Randall. I think she's great in everything she does. And, like, she acted her ass off. Her whole bit was terrible, but she did everything she could with the role. (laughs) Keith? Uh, I mean, this movie's so dull. Let me go Surge, because he was, like, he's he's shined a little bit. I agree. Um, it's It's that thing of, you know... I just like like what you said earlier, Keith, about how he brings up, oh yeah, you killed my boss. That's why we're not doing it anymore. Uh, so watchable movie. It's one, two, or are we sticking it at three? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like I I think I will watch one again. Like one is oh, I'll watch one again, yeah. Yeah. One was solid. And we'll just try and forget that two and three got made and then hope <laughs> that four doesn't suck. That's what Eddie does. No. Nice. <laughs> so let's glaze some stars. Star glazer. Uh, Rick, can you give us a recap of what we did the first two with? I certainly can. So Beverly Hills Cop came in at a 3.8 after Joe and I gave it a three and three quarter stars while Keith came in at four. Beverly Hills Cop 2 came in at a 2.8 after Joe and I gave it both a 3 and Keith came in at a 2.5. Okay, so Keith, you gave Beverly Hills Cop 2 a 2.5. Where do you put 3? Three quarters of a star because I would rather watch Legally Blonde (laughs) 2. Uh, I've fallen at a flat one. It's not the worst thing we've ever watched on this podcast. Like, I didn't get vehemently angry watching it, like with the <laughs> fucking uh, all-female Ghostbuster movie. <laughs> but it was pretty goddamn boring. Um, I'll give it a one as well. I just... The... It was the... Uh, it was boring, but... I really didn't go to the the phone a lot. Um, it was just funny because the producer was like, are you going to take notes? I'm like, no, I don't need notes for this movie. That's funny. I that remember. Was, you said it like that's the sin of this movie to me is it the boringness. Like this, yeah. these movies cannot be boring. That's like the, the number one rule for these. It kind needs of to be upbeat, needs to be fast, quick and yeah. quick witted mm-hmm. while we're not getting the quick witted some of Eddie. It shows, Hey buddy, you know, like, yeah, it was just fast. (laughs) Like we said before, like in the, uh, in one, I love the fact that he's that wise cracking cop. And then he has a serious side, you know, like, Hey, you touch her, I'll (laughs) fucking kill you. And we get that a little bit in two, but then this one's just 
hey man you know and it and it's that weird thing too like it's funny that in this one everybody's shooting at him but for some reason he decides not to kill the other the bad guys when just straight up shoot them and the original ones he didn't care shooting people and this one is just like i can't kill you even <laughs> though you're shooting a machine gun at me oh by the way the uh i did like the alien heist ride that was cool to see with the robots from like Battlestar Galactica. Yes, the, the robots were tight. There's good uh, robots. Um, but that <laughs> more lows uh highlights than highs for this movie. <laughs> that brings Beverly Hills Cop 3 in at a point nine stars, making it the third worst reviewed film on fake movie experts. There's worse ones, yeah, dude. Fucking Beverly or uh, Legally Blonde 2 oh, and man. Ghostbusters answer the call. Cool. <laughs> Gotta imagine Desert Island just with those three DVDs. <laughs> oh, no. I'll drown and I'll make the suffering this, you know, I'll just suffer. Those are our only three movies that are all under a star. Break the DVD in half and cut my wrist open with it. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, you've already destroyed it. You don't have to hurt yourself. No, it must be done. So, there's not even a tv <laughs> yeah God damn. so this brings an end to the beverly hills franchise as we're moving on to a franchise that rick's gonna pick but however however we're sending keith on assignment to i think was it detroit to uh, <laughs> or, yeah, my, uh so these uh these so all right all right it's a long story there's an art gallery owner up in portland that was, uh, you know, just being a real dick. But he's got his boss in Beverly Hills, and um, they killed they killed my partner. So Wait, I'm going Joe Beverly and Hills. I aren't your partners. We're not your partner. Yeah, like, uh, what type of partner are you talking about, brother? My partner. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh, I really like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> He was a I'm he was late. a catch. <laughs> I'm late. So Keith is moving on assignment. So what we're doing here, once Keith's away, we go back to the queue. So Rick gets to pick the franchise that when Keith returns, we're going to go back to. And Rick gets to pick the first movie for the queue. So we'll dive into the franchise first, boys. It's time to get the band back together. We need someone who can shatter glass. We need someone who can drop from a ceiling. And God damn it, we need someone who's funny. Are you guys in for a heist? Because we're taking Vegas for all that it's got. We're doing Ocean's Eleven. Ooh, fun. Well, actually, we're doing Ocean's Eleven, 12, 13, and 8. Nice. That'll be fun. We're doing the Oceans franchise. Sick. We get to have uh, some really good. We get to have some really good uh, three white guys discourse on Aquafina's role. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll make her quit Twitter even more. Um, okay. Well, I'll be honest. Um, I've never. I have not seen thirteen. Oh, I've 13's not, not good. I've. I've not seen eight. Eight is actually not bad. It was fine. Um, I 
and I think I saw 12 in theaters and I think, and I don't, I don't, I think overall as a franchise, I don't like it. I think so. That's the thing. <laughs> like the oceans. Oh man, you're going to get real annoyed at Keith and I loving this franchise for the next month. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I think the tech guy who's like, I think who's, who's the tech guy. <laughs> I think I saw 12 in theaters to see if I could make it, if it would make me like the franchise. Like one <laughs> of those, thing? like I'm going to force myself to, and I just don't think it did. So well, I, the thing is, at the end of every one, it turns out they had a plan. <laughs> uh, and then, Rick, what are we going to start the queue with? Well, if Keith is away, us queue members will play. And I'm going to pick a movie to make Keith feel bad about leaving. Guys, it's going to be the, uh, I mean, really just fantastic things have gone terrible in the world movie from 2002 reign of fire matthew mcconaughey and christian bale are about to fight a goddamn dragon earth reign of fire it goes down down (laughs) down and uh so is that on any streaming site it is on amazon prime (laughs) on prime and i know the ocean movies when we get to it will be on hopefully still around but they're on max They've been there for a while, so I don't think they're yeah. going anywhere anytime soon. Because I can tell you that I want to say when I know Beverly Hills Cop ends at the end of this month, so it's like one of those like it's last you know last time reading uh, watching it, so get your last views in. So yeah, keep feeling feeling real happy about leave. that purchase I made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but before you go back to uh, when you have to go find your partner's killer in L.A., watch three on the way down. <laughs> yeah, there's no note on Ocean's Eleven on there that it's going away anytime soon, so we should be oh, okay. good. All right, cool. So this brings it into this week's episode of Fake Movie Experts. Uh, as I said, we're moving on to the Q editions as we're doing Reign of Fire, and then when Keith comes back, we're going to start the Ocean's franchise. You can go to NoCellEntertainment.com. That's right, NoCellEntertainment.com, where you find all of our blogs, all of our podcasts, and everything Keith does with his partner hey also um i'm trying to get more gigs as a laugh guy on on uh on w- work sites i do company retreats i do i do field trips for schools if you want to come to me also do, promo- do you have a promotional code you want to share for that one yeah use a use use promo code uh, mark marin did you just say you're inviting children to your home um Mark Marin, use that promo code. Mark <laughs> Marin at what website, Keith? Uh, JoeRogan.com. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> I also use UseLube uh, at JoeRogan.com. Yeah. And also, you can listen to all of our podcasts at Spotify. And like always, you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm mailing in my end beat just like everything about this movie was mailed in this week because I got nothing. Nothing.